the one and only Darren Green Show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Darren Green Show. Okay, this is episode 230. Hey, how y'all doing? How y'all look? <laughs> well, look, here's the thing. It's been a minute since it's just been us. Okay, you know, me and the audience or whatever, right? You know, I had a couple of uh, collaborations, you should say. I had a couple, uh, you know, I had an interview and then I had, you know, my, my mutuals come on the episode previously. So it's been a minute since we've had like a, you know, one-to-one, okay, listener to podcaster type of conversation, okay? So how y'all doing? Let me get, where are my bombs at, huh? Hey, ooh, that was a little loud, my bad. <laughs> how y'all doing over there at We Are You Radio? The listeners, I be hearing y'all, I be seeing that y'all be watching me, honey. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Also to the audio listeners and the YouTube listeners, thank you so much for your continuous support for the show. Yeah, we're doing big teens. We're doing big teens. I don't have my notes ready, child. My goodness. Because we definitely have some announcements to, you know, get into. So, you know, we got to do some housekeeping. I got to let you know this because this is happening. It's going into effect on March 4th. We are no longer going to be doing Saturday shows. Yeah, starting March 4th, the Darren Green Show will go live on We Are You Radio around 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., which gives me like a couple hour, you know, slot to, you know, get all the topics into. I promise y'all a longer, you know, episode for the We Are You Radio listeners. Um, So that means that for everybody else, you know, the replay listeners, YouTube, audio, whatever, it will be available every Monday at 2 p.m. So... You know, just wanted to let y'all know that that's going to be the change. And I think that's a good change because, look, I be working. They be trying me over there. They be putting me on on Friday. And it's not even at the point of just like putting me on that day that I usually tape. It's like y'all want to give the full day. Y'all want to give me the full day on Friday. So when I get home, I don't have the bandwidth to do any type of content creation. If I work from a full nine to five and, you know, working at a bank, girl, you know, it's real stressful. Even when the shift is like five hours, I'm like home, like sleeping and all that afterwards. So I think pushing it to Monday is going to be good. It's going to give me time to either tape on a Saturday or Sunday. And I will have the entire week of topics because, you know, things do pop off on the weekend and I don't really get to it. And it, and it comes off like, oh, this is oh, kind of old because we, you talked about stuff earlier this week and some stuff done popped off on Saturday. You get what I'm saying? So I think this is a good turnaround for everybody involved. And I hope to see you there on Monday. Okay. So like I said, it's starting March 4th. Um, yes, we will be uh, premiering live on We Are Radio around 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And for the replay listeners and everybody else, the show comes out 2 p.m. every Monday. Okay. So with that being said, child, let's move on, honey. Let's go on to my weekend. My week was kind of, it was kind of basic, you know, and real, and I don't mean basic in a bad way, right? I mean, basic in like, I didn't work that much and I had time to be home and, you know, really work on my craft, really work on what I'm, what I got going on. Reading a little bit, was watching, you know, some TV, some shows that I wanted to get into. Nothing too much here. Just, you know, I want to give you guys a rain check before we get into some things. And I really do hope you enjoy the show. Now, 
we got some stuff to get into. Let's be very clear, okay? We got to talk about Monique and that son, that son Shalon. He done or Shalon child, you know, bad with names. He done dragged Monique and Daddy through the mud a couple times. We'll get into that. We also got to talk about Mike Epps versus Shannon Sharp child. I guess they want to fight, but I guess they're good now. We'll get into that. And then we got to talk about Beyonce and how people are just mad at Beyonce for, you know, every she could literally walk down a street and people would be like, oh, my goodness. Why would she do that? Knowing that all these you know people are dying and doing uh, all that and more coming up on the Darren Green show. OK, now let's get into our first topic. We got to talk about the Monique and son situation. So since the Shannon Sharp interview, OK, Monique's son, Shalom. Uh, took to his platform, I believe, on TikTok to basically air out Monique and her daddy. Okay. And <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, I'm going to play like a short little snippet of what he said because, you know, it, it was a lot. It was a lot. He was he was definitely saying a lot of words. It was a lot, it was a lot like because he wrote down a, what he wanted to say and then he just like read it out loud on a video, which, you know, you know, we, we could have got to the point, but. I, I get it. I get it. You know, we, we dealing with, you know, mom's lying on me on an interview and I feel like I defend myself. So, all right. This is what he had to say, though. Hi, <laughs> I am Shalon. I am a stand up comedian, Monique's oldest son. Um, I guess I felt the need to make this video to just provide some context into this false narrative about her praying to the universe in order to reconcile our relationship or whatever the hell it is. Ooh. Um, I wrote it all down so that way I don't go all over the place and get emotional or anything like that. I can, so I'm going to talk like I'm reading the script, but it's just going to help me kind of stay together. Um, but, uh, to address the, uh, Club Shea interview that she did where she states that she prays to the universe in regards to reconciling our relationship, as I stated, um, is odd. Uh, my mother and I both know that that is a very false narrative, and I would like to free her of having to continue telling that lie. Ooh. Faith without work is dead, and neither one of us cares to put forth any effort to reconcile with the other. Uh, we are separate, as she put it, because she doesn't care to be my mother any more than I care to be her son. Now yeah, and he keeps on going, and he, he gets into a lot of different things, but mainly the point that he was trying to make was... Monique, the relationship that they had was very materialistic. And I think that was on Monique's part. It was more or less, you know, she was living her life as a celebrity that's trying to pursue acting and, and comedy and everything. He didn't have that nurturing mother that he wanted. Like maybe it was it was more like, okay, here, I'm giving you this and you need to be grateful for it. And this, that, and the third. Like she, he's asking for compassion. He wanted a like what a mother is supposed to be, right? So he said that and basically <laughs> no less than uh, what 24 hours child Monique and daddy. Okay. Goes live and talks about the situation. Now, like the, like Shalom's video, I'm going to give y'all the, you know, a clip of what they were talking about. Okay. This is what they had to say in response. Some people that are saying, Oh, you should be ashamed of your mothering skills. You should be ashamed of yourself. This is what I'll say. Let's let it play out. Because the same ones that said to me, I was crazy, I was deranged, we watched it play out. So just like with my son, 
We'll watch this play out. And I do want to address this though, Shalon. When you say her daddy, her daddy, then that's when mommy gonna say stop playing because you know this has been Uncle Sid your whole life. Uncle Sid knew you before you knew you. So for you to say her three sons, yes, you're absolutely right. He has three sons. He can't claim you as his son because he's always been Uncle Sid and he knows your daddy very well. And love that brother. And the irony of... All- yeah, I'm going to stop right there because I, I really don't care to hear Sydney speak on Monique's child when Monique's child should be speaking on Monique's child. Okay, let's be very clear on that. Okay. And they go on to say that we've been supporting him for the longest. We put a down payment on his car. We bought diapers for his child like they like materialistic stuff like, you know, you know, objects and things that they bought for him. And I guess that's supposed to mean like, oh, we love you because we're giving you this stuff. Right. Completely negates what this brother was talking about in his initial video. We didn't like you were not the in his words, because like I said, is 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 there. It's his words, it's their words, and then there's the truth, right? I'm not going to sit there and say that this boy is lying or this man is lying. He older than me, child. I'm not saying that this man is lying, but I'm looking at Sydney and Monique kind of sideways because he's talking about you never gave me compassion and, and love and, and genuine, you know, companionship between a, a, a child and a parent. You over here talking about, oh, well, we gave you this, we gave you that. No, that's not the, <laughs> not the conversation. We're having two different conversations, Okay. So I think that that's what's making a lot of people side-eye Monique and, and Daddy, okay? Because you're not making any sense, right? And it continues because they go back and forth. Monique released some text messages also of a very, very, very cordial conversation. Let me tell you something, just to, I guess to prove that, hey, you know, we're good. I have the receipts. What, and I'm looking at the receipts and the receipts are not receipting. Okay, but because this is a very much cordial conversation. This is a conversation I would have with my boss. Okay, this is a conversation that I have with a family member that I don't mess with like that. But we just, we got to talk because we got to be in good communication. I'm not going to bring up no family member. I'm not, because I don't know who watching. But I'm just saying, like, this is the family member that you text that, that very cordial, very cordial. Okay, this is not the text message I had with my mom. Okay, let's be very clear. Let's be very, 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 very clear. Okay, so what you put out, Monique, it means nothing. Okay, it it means absolutely nothing, and it makes it ruins your case. So now we now people are believing the son even more. Now the son, he 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 responded again. I'm not gonna get into it because it's 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 you know. It's the back and forth of debunking each one's, you know, take on something. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're going back and forth. This needs to be behind the scenes. They need to get on FaceTime or they need to go to some type of uh, family therapy or whatever. This and third talk to a third party person that's that's neutral and is not on anybody's side and had that conversation. Don't put it on the Internet. That's all I got to say about that in that in that part. I feel like Monique should have said nothing. I think Monique should have said nothing. The moment that boy got on that dang social media and it went viral and I get it. So, of course, she's going to, you know, try to capitalize off this moment any way, shape or form she has just to sit there and be like, hey, I'm on a comedy show. I'm not saying that this was a moment for her to do that because she didn't. she's not promoting anything. But 
I'm just saying, like, girl, I would have said nothing because the more you talk and the more daddy talk, the more y'all look crazy as hell. Okay, let's be very clear. Somewhere else also where we see Monique and Sydney talk, that kind of really rubbed me the wrong goddamn way, right? The fact that Sydney brought up this man's mental health illness, allegedly, I'm giving the air quotes to my audio listeners, allegedly, allegedly, okay, bringing up his mental health issues as a way to debunk what he was saying. I think that is the most venomous thing that you can ever do. Um, this is not your child. I would have loved if, if, if Monique would have said that. I'm sorry. Even though I feel like, you know, bringing up anybody's mental illness when, you know, that's not even a reasonable argument is BS. But I mean, at least please let it come from the mom and not the stepdad. You get what I'm saying? It's giving very much stepdad energy that, you know, the stepdad that don't like their wife's child with another person. Like, I like I don't I don't like that. I, I really don't like that. And for Monique to allow him to sit there and say that it's given very much. I chose my new husband over my old kids. OK, that is what it is giving. And I think that that's a huge problem. That is a huge problem. OK, and I will also say this. I think the entire situation is ironic. <laughs> like, I think it's like, think about it. Think about it. So. Monique basically demands the respect, uh, compensation, and her plight to be validated from people like Tyler Perry, Oprah, and all the powers that be that that kind of picked on her, right? While at the same time, you ain't giving your own son that same grace, <laughs> okay? Your son is calling you out, and you saying that is not true. That uh, You know, I did this X, Y, and Z for you, and I gave you this, and I... You're sounding just like Tyler Perry and Oprah. It's giving Oprah and Tyler energy, you know? So um, you're looking like a hypocrite, okay? And the fact that you're lying or stretching the truth or whatever, it just makes people think, what else are you lying about? Okay, what other truth are you withholding? Um, and it definitely confirms the narrative that Sydney is controlling you, okay? I didn't want to believe it. And I was very much on Monique's side throughout the entire situation with her being blackballed. And I still feel like she was blackballed. And I still feel like that wasn't, you know, the thing that happens. I, I, I wish that didn't happen to her. But we got to understand and talk about our part and why we are where we are. The way that man overpowered your life talking about your son. That's a problem. That is a goddamn problem. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. A lot of people didn't like it. And he could have he could have sit this one out. Because, okay, you said the boy Shalon, he he brought up your name or whatever. He Okay, fine. He could have said his little piece or whatever, don't bring up my name or don't do it. You know we cool, this, that, and the third. I'm cool with your dad, all that other bull crap. The rest of the live, Monique should have been talking. That that's just my thing. He was talking a little bit too much, talking way more than Monique. You, you talking like this is your child. That ain't your child. You, you don't you don't address me. That's a grown man. He's 30-something years old. Okay. You are nothing but my mother's husband at that point. <laughs> ain't no unk, ain't nothing. And he wasn't even trying to sit there. I, well, I mean, I don't know. His like Shalom's response video was saying it was something about before he wanted Sydney to be his stepfather or something like that. And then it just didn't work out or whatever. I, like, like I said, it's a lot of family. 
you know, ties going on here. We don't need to be privy to this, okay? We really don't need to be privy to this, but if you're going to bring it to the forefront, we're going to talk about it, okay? Let's be very clear. Um, like I said, I think the this family needs some much-needed therapy behind the scenes. Don't do no red table talk, okay? Or whatever the hell you, <laughs> y'all try to put, okay, make this thing public. Do something behind the scenes, have a conversation, and y'all, y'all will be fine. Um, but I'm not gonna lie, Monique, you lost some brownie points with this, and, and I messed with you. I, I I I rolled with you through the entire situation when it came to Oprah and Tyler. I said they ain't crap, okay, and they deserve. You know, I, I mean, I don't. I was kind of almost with you. I would, that's you know when I stopped getting on the train is when she said she wanted ten million from uh, from Tyler. I'm like, you want ten million from who? Ten million for what? Girl, if you don't get out of here with that man, you better ask 10 million for freaking uh what's the boy name? Uh Lee Daniels. That's the one that really blackballed you and outed you. Like, girl, I I mean, look, y'all gonna have y'all opinions. Tell me what y'all think in the comments, and we can definitely move on off of that. Okay. All right. Now I did want to talk about this whole Mike Epps and Shannon Sharp situation. Since we're on the topic of Monique and you know, this interview that they had. Uh, really sparked different conversations and different conflicts between celebrities. So, yeah, now Shannon Sharp and comedian Mike Epps are beefing or whatever. Or they were beefing at the time. They're supposed to be having a conversation at the All-Star Week. You know, we'll get into it. Okay, so basically, Mike Epps' name was brought up during the interview between Shannon and Monique. And it triggered Mike to go on his comedy show to basically talk about Shannon, right? And not only did he talk about Shannon, right? He he said that he wanted him on the show or he DM'd him, Shannon DM'd Mike Epps to be on Club Shay Shay. And he said he wasn't in for that. Like, I don't want him looking at my you-know-what. And he started to call him a D and stuff like that. You know, basically insinuating that he's gay. And that's just been like a running joke, going around on social media. I mean, there was a story that I think one of his stylists or one of his, you know, workers, which is a, a not, me, not me about to say homosexual, which is a gay man, basically saying that, oh, they're rumored to have a relationship. So, I mean, there has been conversations about Shannon. I think that they're very absurd and, you know, unverifiable, but here we are. Mike Epps made that joke and Shannon didn't like it, so he got on this little show that he has with Ocho Cinco and basically offering him to, you know, when I see you in public, is it gonna is it gonna be that same energy and this, that, and the third? You know, Mike Epps responds and it was it was stupid. I was like, he talk about something, oh, I haven't fought in, in, in a long time, like I don't fight, this, that, and the third, trying to insinuate that he got some type of mouse couture on him, on Shannon or whatever. I was like, this is some dumb, you know what? Okay. He now in this video, Mike Epps did say that I, he was the one that DM Shannon. So Shannon didn't DM him. You DM Shannon. Okay. And it was because Shannon had brought up a, brought him up to try to get Monique to talk crap about him or not Monique. It was, um, it was his interview with, with Cat Williams, I think. Right. It could have been Cat. Yeah. 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 He's trying to sit there and say that, you know, he, he he brought me up. So, yeah, I responded. It was that in the third and basically saying that he don't fight. And, you know, people are saying that, oh, something about to go down when they meet each other. Child. Let me tell you something. I, I don't think that Mike Epps is the funniest at all. He's not funny at all or, or, or menacing at all. Like nothing is menacing about Mike Epps. Let's be very clear. When he got on that, when he was on that bed 
morning breath and all, we did not no nobody better than I. Let's be very clear. Apparently, they they got over it. They spoke, and they're going to have a man to man conversation at the NBA All-Star Weekend. So we'll see how that goes. I'll keep you posted on that. But I did want to talk about some things, you know, to get some things off my chest when it comes to this conversation, because I, I think that it's so absurd. And and it's not even just Mike Epps that really made, you know, headlines talking about this. It was like other people, other male podcasters, you know, you know, basically coming for Shannon because he's had he's had uh, two big interviews you know, in the course of a month and they've grossed over like millions and millions of uh, views on YouTube. The thing about it is though, Mike couldn't wait. Mike Epps, he couldn't wait for someone of notoriety to speak his name up. And honestly, the gag is he's upset because Shannon Sharp can hold more views on a video than he does on a comedy show. Let's be very clear. Um, so this was a perfect opportunity for him to kind of like capitalize and and definitely get some eyes on him now that they know, oh, he made a joke on his comedy sketch. Maybe he's going to joke more. Maybe let me see if I can go to a Mike Epps show, because let's be very clear. Mike Epps did not make it as an actor. He So he had he's resorting back to his comedian, comedic, I guess, shows or whatever. Um, I mean, like I said, I'm not doing any research on him. Nobody's checking for him. But I'm girl, you wanted this moment. <laughs> let's be very clear. That's just what it was. And. Why? I, I just have a question. Like, why every time a man is doing something that's not, I guess, traditional for men to do, and in this case, for Shannon, it's like having a scandalous interview. Why is that considered? Why are people calling him gay for that? You know, I, I, I think leave us out of it. <laughs> like, we have nothing to do with, uh, with that. I mean, I think that I mean, you think D.L. Hughley even said something, too, talking about how he's, like, getting, like, Wendy Williams. And I'm just like, I mean, that's a big reach. Because Wendy Williams was, I mean, yes, she was a scandalous commentator. But but Shannon is not doing it. Like, it's not him that's being scandalous. It's the people that he has on the show. I think that, when I had this conversation with my best friend. It was like, I think a lot of celebrities are not here for Shannon um, allowing people to say or not taking certain things out of what people say about other celebrities. Because when you think about it, the podcasting market is is basically people that already got, you know, some type of notoriety on them. Celebrities have run the podcasting industry, okay? If you're like a new podcaster, it's hard for you to get the views that you get because we have other celebrities that have, you know, that have a bigger following, that has a machine behind them promoting their shows over us. So when you think about a, a pop, like the Club Shay Shay is a popular show and, you know, it's, he's a celebrity. So, you would expect celebrities to give each other slack and not really go in. But Shannon is doing something a little different. Like he's allowing these people to say what they want to say and not really cutting anything out or telling them, Hey, you can't say that or trying to debunk with the person that he's, that he has on the show saying. So, you know, yeah, it's probably a lot of his, you know, boys or, or I, I wouldn't say boys, but a lot of people in this in the celebrity culture, they probably are not feeling him right there. And I think that's why people like Mike Epps and even BDL Hughley is even coming for him or even trying to insinuate, you know, that he could be gay. But I'm just like, what? I, I, I just don't get the correlation. OK, this his show and I've watched some of his stuff is like no different than 
barbershop talk. Okay, but but the barbershop talk is recorded and taped and put online. So I don't get the correlation. I think that people are just ignorant. Like I said, there's nothing scary about Mike Epps. It's not, he's not funny. And it was so cliche to even call him Medea. Like, come on, that's such a common joke to make about somebody that that is okay because of the size that he is and whatever the case is, Medea. You would have got some laughs if you called him Miss Netta, honestly, because that's what he looked like, no shade. But Medea, girl, like, even your jokes is old. Like, (laughs) your jokes is old like you. You need to stop. Okay, let's be very clear. And Shannon, I hope hope this doesn't deter him from having these scandalous interviews because, you know, (laughs) this has definitely become a topic of discussion. I wonder who he going to have next. But, you know... Who knows what's going to happen with this topic? Tell me what y'all think. It's not too much I want to say about it. Now, my next topic I want to get into, okay? We got to talk about Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Beyonce covering Essence. Because y'all know y'all like to sit there and say that, oh, she don't she don't support the black-owned businesses or she don't go to black publications. She don't do this to black. Yeah, well, she just covered Essence, and she's looking phenomenal as per usual. Um, But I did want to get into... You know, her, you know, I wanted to get into the fact that she's coming out with some new music. Very surprised, if I do say so myself. So ever since uh, Beyonce announced that she will be dropping new music, the internet has been going crazy. There is a lot. Okay, when I say there's a lot, there is a lot to cover. Okay, so I'm going to timeline everything. I'm going to tell you my thoughts. Now, Beyonce did a Super Bowl commercial for Verizon. I mean, in the commercial, she teased the fact that she was going to release new music. Okay, And to the people's surprise, a lot of people were, you know, oh, my God, like, this is crazy. I know for me, when she said that, I thought she was joking. Like, because when you look at the commercial, it's like, okay, Verizon has this new system that can't break the Internet. And then, like, the whole joke is, oh, Beyonce is going to do all these crazy things to try to break the Internet. Okay, because whatever she does, you know, people talk about it, which is (laughs) parallel to what happened in real life. Right. So she said she was going to drop new music and it had a lot of people talking. And she did just that. <laughs> okay, those two nights, she dropped two singles, 16 carriages, and also Texas Hold'em, which I'll get into a little bit later. And the people were excited. People were ecstatic. I mean, she really, you know, that was a trending topic on Twitter that day, that night. A lot of fans are here for it. Some people are a little bit confused. because it's like, why are we doing country? And then we have the same haters that, you know, express their disdain for... Um, this now country singer, <laughs> anything she does, okay, they're they're saying that, oh, this is a marketing tactic to, tar- to try to pander to the white audience. She wants white validation. Um, and then we have this argument that people think that, oh, Beyonce stole Usher's moment. Now, here's what I got to say about that. We can start with the whole pandering conversation because I felt like that really irked me watching people talk about have these stupid takes about that right it's the fact that beyonce doesn't need validation from a white audience she has the beehive for that i literally had to say that like a couple of times to people because i'm just like what what more do she she has the beehive i mean i went to her concert when i tell you that stadium was packed full of beehives what, what, what more does she need she don't need the country uh viewers the country listeners, this is for us, okay? 
Y'all be listening to Isaiah Banks, and Isaiah Banks is going to lead y'all to insanity. Because a lot of people are making those claims after she made her little statement saying that, oh, she's trying to pander to white folks and this and that they're just like she pandered to gay people with, with renaissance and all this other stuff. Like, y'all need to understand, too, that we created this genre. I don't care if anybody get in my comments talking about some, oh, y'all black people, y'all think y'all made everything. Yeah, we're, we're just about. Okay, let's be very clear. Um, yes, we made country. So if any artist wants to sit there and dabble in that genre... Just because they want to, they should have the right to, and they shouldn't be ridiculed for it. But, of course, we are talking about Beyonce. Anything Beyonce does, um, it, she'll get ridiculed for it. I remember when she came out with Break My Soul uh, with Renaissance, and they said, oh, my goodness, she doesn't have a nine-to-five. How could she dare? How dare she make a song like that, trying to pander to the working class and telling us to quit our jobs? I mean, they got mad at Beyonce back when when it was Lemonade, and, and she said, you know, she hinted at breaking up with Jay-Z to, for her to not break up with Jay-Z, and it was like, oh, my God. Like, I blame you, Beyonce, because I broke up with my man because you told me to. Like, you know, y'all y'all take things so literally. And, and everything that this girl does, is she can literally walk through, you know, just anywhere. And it's like, oh, my God, why was she standing there? She's standing for this or, or there's people dying. And it's that. like everything is on this woman. And I get it. You know, when you're that famous and when you're that popular and a lot of people love you, you know, the people that are kind of that don't really have that same love for you. It's like, you know, they, they, they want to be louder than the ones that do. And it's just, it's, it's weird. Back to the whole pandering conversation. Nobody has a problem with Justin Bieber making an R and B album. Nobody had a problem with Sam Smith getting a BT award. You get what I'm saying? Like we have white artists or non-black artists dabble in our dominated genres, but it's a problem when a black artist wants to, wants to try to do a, 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 get into a genre that doesn't that doesn't align with their I'm not even going to say it doesn't align with their race but they want to do a genre that's dominated by another race. Cuz let's be clear, we did make we did make country but white people are dominating the genre of country, right? So, I mean, I don't know. I think that it's also absurd to say that Beyoncé took Usher's moment at the Super Bowl. You know, Y'all not looking at the metrics. Y'all not looking at the numbers because <laughs> Usher was the number two topic on Twitter. Their trending list. Beyonce was number four that night. Okay, after her commercial drop, Usher stayed in the top two. People were talking about this. He had a huge spike in Spotify listeners. The most viewed halftime show of all time. We had over two million viewers watch his show. And then he also had viral moments. The situation with with, with Alicia Keys, him holding her on and everybody talking about, oh my God, this is like, um, you know, this shouldn't be, he shouldn't be doing that or something like that. Then we had Jermaine Derpy wearing a dress and a skirt. He brought out Will I Am. Like, People are still talking about Usher's Super Bowl performance. It was a great, it was a good performance. He did a good job. You know, shout out to him. Um, but I don't think Beyonce took anything away from, you know, his moment. I think that a lot of my mutuals also, they kind of fell for the, they kind of fell for this lazy take. I mean, look, there was a lot of people talking about it. I'm just like, what, what? I have to ask, like, whose moment really was it? We also have to understand that, you know, Beyonce is a business. Okay, so that's what businesses do when they want to promote something. They get a slot for a Super Bowl commercial in which, I mean, Verizon paid her. I heard they paid pay that girl $30 million or some 
huge amount to do this damn commercial. So you know damn well, I'm gonna do this damn commercial. Um, no one bats an eye when, when they had a they had a freaking Scientology commercial. I mean, they had they literally had a commercial about Jesus. Like, and I'm not look, look, believe in what you believe in, like what you like, or whatever's in the third. But I'm just saying, like, is no one finding that a little bit concerning? We we got a, a whole cult being promoted on a on a commercial. But y'all mad because Beyonce oh, took took Usher my girl get the fuck out of here. get get out of here, okay? But don't nobody want to hear that, okay? And shout out to Usher, shout out to Beyonce. These are these two are both you know amazing performers and singers and all that. And if you're not here for what she got going on country wise, then then tune out, tune out, okay? Because I feel like people's anger is kind of misplaced but when it comes to Beyonce. You mad about something else about her. Not not that she's doing a country song. It cannot be that. But I ain't going to go over it too long, too much, child. We're going we gonna to move on, child. Now, we can go into the, um, the side topics, you know, because there was, there was a couple side topics, child. Now we got Kanye West beefing with the Swifties, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Kanye West is beefing with the Swifties. Yes, honey. Yes. Okay. So I, so his album dropped. I didn't listen to it. I don't really feel like listening to it. Sorry, not sorry. Um, but he gets a few things off his chest after a Taylor Swift fan page encourages fans to stream Beyonce's Texas Hold'em um, to block. Uh, the number one song from uh, from Kanye. I think Kanye, I don't know which song is, I don't know which song is is gunning for number. What, what they're saying that Beyonce's Texas Hold'em and there's a Kanye West song that's like, you know, in a race for who's going to be number one, number two. You get what I'm saying? Um, and basically the Swifties, because they're, they're doing this because I think Kanye says something about Taylor on the song, on one of his songs or whatever. So they're like, oh, let's block his number one by, you know, streaming Texas Hold'em by Beyonce or whatever. Right. I think th- this is the post that the person said. It said uh, Beyonce's new single, Texas Hold'em, is challenging Kanye West for number one, the debut Hot 100. Let's buy and stream Texas Hold'em to block him out. And, you know, Kanye West made a response. He said, when I say I'm the new Jesus B, I wasn't even thinking about Taylor Swift. Chow, that was a whole line before, but I appreciate the free promo. Lil Wayne actually mentions Travis Kelsey on Vultures 2. This album actually uh, is super positive and fun. It's all about triumphant. Okay, um, last year was incredibly challenging for me and my wife, my children, my friends and family. And he goes on to say that. So, I mean, look, they want to block you. They want to block you. Okay, you brought up Travis Kelsey or whatever the hell is. They they think that they in turn you're trying to come for Taylor. I mean, there was some weird things that was going on in the Super Bowl, too. I heard well, I heard, you know, this is wrong, that he tried to buy a seat that was directly in front of Taylor's seat. Okay, her little box area that she had, so that every time the pa- the camera would have panned to her, you would see Kanye in the picture as well, and she kind of got him like kicked off because he wasn't he wasn't there at all. Got him kicked off the um the whole stadium or whatever because she was like, yeah, we're not doing that. 
Um, so yeah, Kanye West, you want to act like everything is so all, yeah, we're good in the neighborhood. This is a positive album. No, we still see your antics. So shout out to the Swifties. Go ahead and stream Texas Hold'em, okay, and block his number one, okay? I don't care. I don't care. Okay, so some more news about Kanye West has updated his album, his joint album that he did with Ty Dolla Sign, which is Vultures, which we just mentioned was one of the songs on there was going uh, toe-to-toe with Beyonce's Hold On Them. Well, the music has been removed from streaming platforms like Apple Music and iTunes, okay? Now... On this Thursday afternoon, because this is when we're taping this the episode, the album was removed from Apple Music and iTunes, and Rolling Stones reported that F-U-G-A, we're going to call it Fuga, uh, which is a music distributor, told the news outlet that they declined to work with Yee last year, but another uh, user apparently uploaded the album anyway. So somebody in Kanye West got a mole in that co- in that corporation, and they uploaded the album anyway. Okay, under the under the company's consent. Now, last year, uh, this music company was presented with the opportunity to release Vultures One, exercising their judgment in an ordinary course of business. We declined to do so. A spokesperson from Downtown Music, uh, the parent company, said in a statement on Friday, February 9, twenty twenty four, a long standing client delivered the album. Uh, Vultures one through the platform's automated processes violating our service agreement. Therefore, uh, this company is actively working with its DSP partners and clients to remove Vultures one from the system. <laughs> now, I don't know if this type, I'm not sure why. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the thing now. I mean, I got to go on the website. I'm not going on their website. I'm pretty sure, you know, they're parting ways with Kanye West because of his antics, because of his anti-Semitic comments. I mean, the list goes on as to why this group does not want to uh, work with Kanye and up and, and drop any music that Kanye's doing. He's going to have to be an independent artist at this point because the labels is not kicking it with him. He just, they just take your song down. So that means congratulations, Beehive Child. Texas Hold'em about to be number one by the end of the week. <laughs> okay. So by Tuesday, we'll know that Beyonce's number one. So, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, you, you do problematic shit. This is what happens. I mean, I, it just is what it is, but you guys will tell me what you think in the comments. Mm. Another topic I wanted to talk, talk about. What else is going on, chair? What else is going on? Oh, Portia. Portia coming back to the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Are we here for it? Are we not? Mm. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I'm I mess with Portia. I hope she I hope she'll bring it. Okay. I don't know if her and Kenya are going to get into it. If they do, it's just not going to be like it used to be. Because Portia is at a different space in her life. I mean, I would love to see what's going on with her, with, you know, no Portia Gabadi now, with, you know, her her African prince or whatever and all that. And I would like to see how she's going to interact with these girls. I don't believe that they started taping. So, you know, I'm definitely from my last video where I talked about Housewives they need to get Mariah. Mariah needs to be on there. Mariah, please come back. <laughs> don't come back to Married to Medicine. We don't want you, girl, forget that place. Okay, you built it up. Now you can watch it fall. 
Um, we want you to come to Real Housewives of Atlanta because you would really shake things up. I really want Mariah. I know it's a rumor, um, but that will really like be real good for the show. Bravo, make the right decision. If you're going to bring back Portia, okay, what else are we going to do? We, we know that Candy not coming back. Thank God. We know that Drew and Sonya, sorry for Drew, but thank you for Sonya. I'm glad she's gone. Um, what else are we going to do here? Because, you know, we, we need to get this thing shit going. Okay, honestly. So I'm happy for them. And I hope that, you know, I'm happy for, for, for her. She back on here. She's going to get that check. And, yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else I wanted to get into? I mean, I feel like there's, like, little stuff. But, all right. I think that's it for this episode. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. Like I said, starting March 4th. We are going to be doing Monday shows, okay? For the replay listeners, that will be after 2 p.m. For my We Are You radio listeners, like I said, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And I promise you it will be a good show, okay? Thank y'all so much for listening, and I will see y'all next time, okay? Okay.